Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. I'm Matthew Leach. This is the interview. This week I speak to Guernsey's Head of Law Enforcement and the Chair of the State Strategic Coordinating Group, Rory Hardy. He was responsible for coordinating the island's response to Storm Kieran and making sure people in Guernsey were kept safe. Thank you for joining us. Here we go. Uh, thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Come and catch up. I assume it's been a very busy more than 48 hours, probably. Um, how's it been? How, how has the uh, operation with... Um, Storm Kieran for, for you guys been and in what yeah. position have you been? Well, I think uh, one of the main positives is we had a, a reasonable lead in time, um, which meant that not only Bailiwick Law Enforcement but a whole host of stakeholders had a bit of time to really plan yeah. and think about what was needed. Um, one of the things we have across government, across the Blue Light Services, is we have a fairly well rehearsed structure of either coming into a major incident quickly or yeah. what we call a rising tide type major incident which yeah. you know wholly appropriate living on an island absolutely we get that scenario so um, in essence we had sort of three or four days coming into this yeah so there are some well-rehearsed structures so if I just explain what yeah, those structures course, are um, so first sort of structure is what we call strategic so we have a strategic coordinating group yeah so that brings together service chiefs and it isn't, it isn't about discussing minor tactical or response issues. It's about looking holistically across Guernsey, across the government, across yeah. all the blue light services. So um, when we have an action emergency, the most appropriate agency chairs what we call the strategic coordinating group. Yes, okay. So the police do tend to take the chair in those groups, but the group is as good as the parts that come together. So it was an absolute privilege to chair for this incident. Yeah. So our first meeting um, was on Tuesday. Yeah. And we we started sort of making sure that all the different parts across government, across the blue light services, across the harbours, the airports, we were all exactly working off the same page, the same timescales. We had good channels of communication. So that's like the, the higher level strategic group. Okay. Sitting... Not below, but yeah. the next group in, in terms of the chain of command and leadership is called the tactical. So the tactical group brings together operational commanders together to look at um, how we're going to respond, um, where there are gaps in operational response, where specific equipment may need to be put in place, where mitigation needs to be put, put in place. So yeah. when you look at our key national infrastructure, a good example would be the harbour, the airport, the tactical leaders at the airport and the harbour were already saying, right, this is what we need to do yeah. to lock down. This is what we need to prevent being exposed to the wind. They're doing the do stuff. But then they report up to the strategic group to say, yep, as far as the harbour's concerned, we're doing all the do stuff to make it safe. As far as the airport's concerned, ambulance service, they were doing all their preparations. So, for example, the ambulance service were thinking, because of the storm, we're going to lose the potential to move patients yeah. maybe via a medivac so we put additional or sorry the ambulance service uh, chief officer and his tactical team they put additional medical staff onto sark they took additional medical staff on the last available flight on the wednesday night up to Alderney. so Alderney had additional ambulance uh, paramedic staff in order to deal with should any emergencies arise and part of that planning and preparation as well particularly in that health space, they were talking about, right, if anyone is like 39 weeks pregnant, 
do we need to move them from more vulnerable islands, yes. so Alderney or Sark, knowing that once the storm was coming in and here, the airport was closed. We couldn't use boats to, to move people about. That's it. So Very it was, interesting, because I know uh, at the time there's... Um, we were told, you know, there'll be no medivacs on the day. It's highly unlikely. Yeah. So it's interesting to know this kind of stuff, what's going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, so trying to preempt, you know, if a, a lady went into labour not expecting to, but was close to that time that we were preempting, well, it's better we bring them to Guernsey just in case. Um, obviously, there's a degree of personal choice as well. We can't yeah. impose that. Yeah, of And, of course, that was the whole thing about this particular emergency it was very much unlike the pandemic where the CCA was sitting and the CCA legally discussed what we had to do for the island to basically use coercive powers to control a pandemic in this situation it was very much about informing the public and asking them to cooperate and I have to say you know 99.99% 99.99% of our population, I think, got it. Yeah. There was obviously the odd that individual who thought it... Quite fun to go out all night go long. Go out and, and, you know, <laughs> film. But, yeah. um, you know, um, we, we are a... We are a society that you know yeah. we aren't. We don't have control over everything, and um, but certainly the the planning was there. We didn't need any uh, additional legal powers. We had no. we had everything already planned. We had the powers we needed, but we we weren't really using coercive powers. We were more using the power of the media, which again I think I'd like to pick up on. I, yeah. I thought the cooperation we had from the media, the engagement and how they approached it, and that's across all media. Yeah, um, I thought th- that was really good, and that was all part of. You know how the system worked really well. Well, this is a point in time; these kind of events are where um, the community is all looking for as much information as possible. Um, so, did you feel that the, the public were well informed in the run up to and afterwards and during of what was going on, what they needed yeah. to do? Well, as far as sitting here today, the day after the storm, yeah. um, I hope we did get the comms right. Um, I think about any major event like this, there's always time for reflection. And maybe there may be some observations that the media have that, you know, that would have helped us better or we had that information. I think there were some really key decisions in this particular incident that, for me, showed really good decision making. And I think one of the the early really strong decisions was education in terms of the schools, because it allowed businesses to plan, it allowed parents to plan, it allowed the schools to plan. It allowed them time to shut down and know that we were going into sort of a 24 hour shut down and try and make premises as secure as possible and I think that the hindsight was you know I, I was traveling to work just before 6 a.m yeah um yesterday morning and you know the weather we would have experienced during rush hour it it was it could have been mm. hugely impacted and in fact our strategy had always been to protect life and protect property and if we'd had the the community heading to school or on the roads yesterday morning I am convinced there would have been some very serious incidents. So by avoiding people being out and about and on the roads, that early decision that had everyone to plan, to know what they had to do. And I have to say, you know, without the community's help responding to that request, um, the situation could have been very different. But there's two things I just wanted to pick up on, of course. There was, um, I mean, the headline, which is quite good, is that there wasn't, any hospitalizations, I believe, over the I'm course of the I'm not aware of any injuries. There may have been some smaller injuries yeah. localised that haven't come to our attention. I hope there haven't been, but that's possible. Yes, we didn't, through the ambulance service, had no requests for medical assistance for anyone impacted by the storm. 
So that's a really great, I mean, that's a great takeaway. I mean, the, the takeaway has been from the feedback we've seen from the public and conversations online is that um, this was done right. Yeah. So you must uh, take a lot away yeah. from that. I think as a group of, you know, the strategic leadership group, the tactical, everyone is, you know, uh, taking away from this. Yes, we appear to have got our planning right. We've got our communication uh, good. Obviously, you are dependent on what happens on the night. So I, I, I would say quite clearly we were prepared for worse that didn't come. Yeah. So we were prepared for some really heavy structural failures. We were prepared for some big scaffolding sites potentially to become exceptionally dangerous. We were prepared for issues on the coastal roads. But um, there, there was a degree that those issues didn't come to fruition and we didn't have to deal with them. But um, yeah, I think that our, our preparedness was good which meant that if they had come, we would have been able to respond. Um, and as far as preparedness goes, there was one thing that Guernsey did slightly different to Jersey, which was um, that if the worst were to happen with certain homes and people needed a place to go, Jersey took the, I suppose, proactive step of saying there are refuges available. Okay. But Guernsey didn't do the same kind of thing. We, but there was there was a uh, um, place for people to go, but it wasn't discussed in the same way. No, no, we had a plan. Yeah. Um, there, there were hotel rooms that we knew we could take people to. The emergency planning officer had uh, put all that in place. So the, the first approach you have to take is you have to, um, you know, an incident like this, we would have had places we could take people urgently yeah. to. However, um, the situations that we were looking at, you give people choice first. Is there somewhere you would like to go? of your own choice first. I've got nowhere to go. We had hotel rooms all on standby if yeah. necessary to remove people to places of safety. So there, there was a plan um, in terms of where we could take people. Uh, we also had a number of emergency rest centres um, sort of out west. We had sticks on standby and also Beausajour is, is an emergency centre. So um, I, I'm not sure what information you had, but we definitely had... Uh, there was only... Um, it was It was the... Um... There was a small conversation uh, okay. through social media, which was that the states of Jersey, they published the right. fact that they had 10 okay. refuges available. Okay. But the fact that we did in Guernsey, which we clearly would have done, wasn't published. But right. the, okay. the, the argument being, I think there was a senior civil servant online who argued people would just turn up there. Yes. So we're not going to tell you prior okay. to the if, event. If, yeah. But if you call on the night, there is a yeah. place for you to go. If we had to do a dynamic risk assessment you need to come away from this property because it's not safe. Yeah. We had a plan to take people to if they had nowhere else they could choose to go. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, was there any uh, particular things that you learnt during this experience? I mean, this is, um, uh, you know, they said the last storm of this magnitude mm. was back in 1987. Mm. One before that was in the 70s. Uh, so yeah. this will have been the first time many people will have had to... Uh, deal with this kind of thing on a, on a strategic yeah. level yeah. is there anything that you took away from it this time around that um, you did it incredibly well is there any parts that need yeah. to be known for next time that we need to work on well um, part of our strategic leadership group and the tactical is we will do a review across all the services who are involved to allow everyone to feed in what did work well what may have worked better and we have had, for example, uh, snow and snow events can affect the island. So yeah. I think um, the fact that this um, this particular event has worked relatively well um, is a good sort of example that if we have future events like this winter, we, we could easily have a snow event that shuts down the island quickly. I think some of the positive decisions have been some of the bigger decisions made that little bit earlier really do help the community 
plan and come to terms with it and you've got the community on side I think that's you know yeah having that rapport if you like is an important factor um with this particular event um yeah there's, there's always some learning I mean I know that we had um, a command and control situation and there may have been one or two learning points around how that command and control was interacting with some of the other agencies on the actual night um communications is, is always your yeah your struggle and I think you know, until you actually get into the incident and you get into what the incident is going to throw at you, you can't plan for everything, but your planning is about adapting to what is thrown at you. So um, I think staff have, I mean, I think the experience that staff have being involved in this yeah. is a real positive because if it should happen again, we hope not, but if it, if it does, they've been there before and they've got yeah. that corporate knowledge about how the systems work, how the planning works, how the communications work. So that that's a real positive. Is the sun going in your eyes? No, it's fine. No, I love a bit of sun. <laughs> it's good. We want it now, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so is that strategic group, has that disbanded now? Is there work still being done? Yes, it's Friday morning. We had our last one this morning at 10 o'clock. So we've now stood down. Also, the tactical group has stood down. There are still issues going on. So, for example, roads, tree clearance... Um, one of our big concerns is that you know trees have come down, say near granite walls. Yeah. We've got a lot of rain still to come. There's still some bad winds over the weekend, so we're just trying to do some additional comms today about sort of saying to the public, you know, th- there are still some risks out there. There may be some unstable roof tiles. Um, check your premises. Um, there may be some trees that have been damaged during the storm but haven't shifted, but they might still shift, particularly as the ground becomes more sodden. So there are still some some uh, issues there and um, there was some minor, minor damage at the harbour but as a group we now leave that with harbour because they're more than capable of addressing yeah. those issues some of the pontoons I think were damaged um, all the emergency service equipment that was used is all safe nothing's been been damaged uh, no staff were injured out dealing with incidents as well so that's all good so yeah it's now about you know putting everything away doing that review learning if there are any lessons and um being prepared for the next one I think it's one of the things we are a small island and being an island you have to have that self-sufficiency yeah and also that confidence that we can deal with it and I think what this has actually done is it really embedded that sort of level of you know come together have good communications have a plan and you you can collectively get well through something um during the night of were there any acutely difficult moments or was it kind of plainer sailing than you expected it to be I think we were prepared for worse. Um, I think the the night time, the Wednesday into the Thursday, um, the the wind didn't pick up as much as we thought. You're, you're dealing with nature here; it doesn't doesn't <laughs> run to a, to a time scale that you would like. <laughs> so um, I think the night I, I was talking to the night duty staff early on Thursday morning, and they were like, "It's been okay," but then very quickly from about six a.m. Mm. it really did ratchet up and the sort of the call volume into the Joint Emergency Services Control Centre just went through the roof. Now, massive credit to them. In fact, um, His Excellency Lieutenant Governor this morning has just done a visit yeah. to Jessic, um, and we're really grateful for that. It's, it's very kind of him, but he came to acknowledge their, their good work yesterday. So the call volume went up hugely in a very short space of time. And there were all sorts of calls. I mean, there were people whose trees had gone into houses, worried about roofs coming off, um, flooding, you know, there's a whole host of different things. But of course, the fire service were already out on the ground. We were already out on the ground. 
we had plans about safely removing people for premises we had vehicles that we could use to do that yeah and that you know there, there was a a sort of the, the plan fairly quickly stepped up which is great we okay. could yeah and we couldn't attend everything some people had to be told right just stay in your property you're not at risk it's you know we'll fairly you. minor damage we'll get round to it but we just need to focus on the more serious stuff so the the initial as the storm really worsened we had a number of for example trees down in and around arterial routes particularly around the hospital yeah. so the strategy was let's clear those first because if anyone is injured we need to get them to hospital so it's keeping things like that working uh, trying to put a bit of messaging out about don't go out looking at the storm, don't go out yeah. looking at the waves, because you know we always see these classic pictures, don't we, of people going up piers or yeah, sea Jersey, he was running along the front, wasn't he, <laughs> through the waves with his in his trunks. Yeah, and which you is... think a, a rock hitting him on the face or yeah. head, and you've probably got a life-threatening injury. And you'd have to bring people out to go and help Correct. that person. Yeah. So those are the sorts of things, fortunately, we didn't have. So it's about thinking what your threat, harm and risk is. What is posing your biggest threats or risks to your operation? Dealing with those first and then the lower level stuff you can just put in a queue. As long as you're reassuring people, we will get to you at some point. Do you mention um, clearing the arterial routes? I mean, tree falling is the biggest, is one of the like more dramatic, visually impactful and uh, dangerous things that happens during these storms. I mean, what kind of relationship do you have with tree surgeons? Is that something that yeah. you have to again? Did that fall all, into that? Yeah, it was all pre-planned. Yeah, um, we had a whole network of uh, tree specialists who were on standby for us, and we were able to sort of coordinate them to the most risky or high priority areas because obviously the public probably had trees down on their own private land and things like that. So yeah. we, we we were a little bit ahead of the game in terms of we had them to help us. And um, I think, you know, we took responsibility um, when trees are on private land, but then they fall across public highways. Yeah. Um, ordinarily, the landowner is responsible for calling the tree surgeon out and the expense of dealing with that. Yeah. Um, a very quick decision was made is um, don't, you know, the States of Guernsey isn't going to argue about a few bills about getting yeah. these roads cleared. We will take responsibility for the initial clearance of the road to make it safe. And then the follow-up work and the yeah. clear-up work will be will be the responsibility of the landowner. But we weren't going to tie up our response in terms of oh, we need you to pay for. I mean, we just yeah. made some very pragmatic it's an executive decisions. decision at the beginning. Yeah, to I mean, it's clear that out the way. You know, in terms of the cost of these things, and I think the other thing that's really important is getting the community back to normality as quickly as possible. Yeah. So hence why today, Friday, the schools are back open. Other than I think there there is one school that. Um, it's the ladies college lady, and college of fe as well correct yeah yeah the two so campuses. they haven't been able to open because of specific damage issues but it's about saying to the community you know we're through it Let's we all need to get back onto it there are still some risks but there's no reason why we can't return to normality uh and you mentioned before the 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 refuges were any people taken to safety did any instances happen of rooms not, coming not that off we took responsibility for um no okay so that that was good news um is there anything else you'd like to add about the last few days? I think it, you know, it was just teamwork. And there was good coordination, good communication. And that's the advantage of what we call a rising tide, that you are able to plan. But obviously, if we were to have a sudden and impactive event, um, also the same people would come together and, and manage it in a pretty similar way. So I guess to reassure our community that we do have well-prepared structures. And certainly on this occasion, things have, have gone really, really well. 
um, we, we'll deal with whatever we face coming along. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to The Interview, a Bailiwick Express podcast. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe. You can find us on all social media channels, and if you'd like to keep up to date on all the work The Express team does, please sign up to our daily email by visiting gsy.bailiwickexpress.com.